Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Paramparaha Ki Jai Jai Shri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thaku Prabhupada Thirubhava Mahotsvati Ki Jai Gaurnitananda Ki Jai Gaurbhaktabinda Ki Jai Gaurpremanande So good morning everyone. Again, we are gathered for the auspicious occasion commemorating the disappearance of Ujjupadji Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur Prabhupada, my Param Guru, your great great grandfather Guru, I guess, some of you. Hmm? Um, and a very um, well-known, charismatic, and uh, influential person in history, modern history of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? He appeared in the world in the 19th century, sometime in the 19th century, must have been mid-19th century, left the world, well, late 19th century, I guess, more like three-quarters, I don't know the exact birth date, but he, he left, as we heard this morning, on the 1st of January, 1937, so... And he was um, perhaps about 67 years uh, amongst us in the world. So, um, a short stay, if you will, relatively short stay, but uh, a very influential one, as I uh, mentioned. He... uh, in the world in Jagannath Puri is uh, one of the many, ten, ten or so sons of the great uh, Kedarnath Bhakti Binod, who at the time was um, working for the British government as a magistrate in Puri, which was an influential, materially speaking, position in a very religious climate. Hmm. And their house was right on the road, the main road of uh, Jagannath Puri, the main road to the temple, the road of the Rathiatra that's performed on that road. So going from the uh, Jagannath temple to the Gundicha Mandir, um, this is the journey of Jagannath during the Rathiatra. It symbolizes his going from uh, Dwaraka uh, to uh, to Vrindavan by way, if you will, of meeting with the inhabitants in Vrindavan. The actual Leela that it commemorates is Krishna going from Dwarka to Kurukshetra on the plea of observing the uh, solar eclipse and performing some sacrifices and he's accompanied with a huge entourage riding on an elephant and so on and so forth. But um, many people are invited, and amongst them, the Brajbasis. So they also come in bullock, cod bullock carts, and uh, rather unpretentiously, um, and devoid of opulence, and so forth. Uh, and a city is erected, like you do, like they do for like the World's Fair or something, or the Olympics or something like that, at Kurukshetra, hmm. by the uh, 
royal entourage of Krishna and Ram, Balaram. And, uh, but the cowherds, as I say, they come and they want to get in, of course. And they're asked, who are you? <laughs> like, Where's your invitation? This is a big royal event. Rishis are invited and so forth. Mother, you said, I say, well, I'm his mother. And they said, what are you talking about? <laughs> his mother's in there. His mother's Devaki. But um, her frater- maternal affection was such that um, that she wouldn't take no for an answer, and word was sent. Somebody said, "Call her shelf. Your mother is here." And Krishna said, "Let her in. Let them in." So they came into the circle of Kurukshetra, and of course, Krishna meets with the inhabitants of Vrindavan, <clears throat> Gopikas and Gopas, and the elder elder Gopis and Gopas as well, his friends and the elders, and and um, his. Um, um, his uh, girlfriends, and uh, so uh, in effect, he goes back to Vrindavan because they are Vrindavan to a large extent. Uh, so the Vrindavan conception uh, is is again. Uh, comes comes close to I should say it's not close enough for the gopis to be satisfied there they want him back in all the Brajabhas he's in Vrindavan itself but at any rate the Rathiyatra commemorates this meeting with the Brajabhasis at a time in which Krishna confesses to the gopis that actually I've never left you because that's where my heart is I'm physically in other places doing things mechanically but my heart is entirely uh, captivated by you and all the Brajbasis, you in particular. So that was somewhat satisfying. He said, in substance, I'm there. In form, I'm elsewhere. Hmm? They said, we want you in substance. I'm form. <laughs> but uh, he had a few things to do. So <laughs> uh, he had to speak the Bhagavad Gita and a few other things. Um, but at any rate, the Rathiyatra commemorates this meeting, and so the Gundicha temple in Puri represents Vrindavan, and the Jagannath temple represents Dwarka, and so the parade goes, and the chariots are pulled, and along the way, the house of Bhaktivinoda Thakur is, is there. You can visit it. And, um, and Bhaktivinoda Sarasri Thakur was, must have been young, he... We're celebrating his Tirubhav, but his appearance day, the day of his birth, is not long after this. Maybe it'll it'll occur in 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 in, in January. Um, you know, we go by the lunar calendar, so the date changes in terms of our calendar every year. Um, and so, so let's say it's from sometime in January to to July, he must have been about six months old at the time. And it said that the cart which would sometimes stop and then sometimes go, as it's described in Chaitanya Charitamrita, it would stop and go. And what was driving the cart hmm, um, was actually Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was dancing in front of it while the others, people were pulling the cart and so forth. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was dancing, 
was uh, such that Jagannath became stunned. Hmm. Even putting an elephant behind the cart could not move it. Hmm. And then when when Chaitanya, I guess Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stopped and danced, and and Jagannath froze. And uh, only after Chet, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then went behind the cart and pushed it with his head like this, and it went forward. Hmm. So it's being the, the, the movement of the Rathayatra is being orchestrated by the Prem of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Prem of Radha, the Bhava of Radha, that he is um, uh, absorbed in during the Rathayatra. Hmm. So a very esoteric uh, affair, festival. And um, and so the cart stopped in front of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's house and the garland of the deity Jagannath was, was fell and someone intuited the implication is this should be given to the to the child of and so the mother was standing there observing the card and the garland was given to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who was said to have been born with his umbilical cord wrapped around his head like the Brahmin thread. <laughs> so signs of an auspicious uh, uh, birth make what you want of them. Um, uh, the fact sh- that the uh, und- undeniable uh, um, Facts of his influential, um, his, his, his influence, are many. Hmm? Besides these anecdotes, which are, of course are charming, and and uh, we accept them and so forth as 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 being indicative of the divine blessing. But there are, as I say, many things that he did which um, uh, are undeniable evidence of such. And um, and at a young age, he began that kind of campaign. He was very uh, good son, obedient, a very obedient son of Bhaktivinoda, very respectful to uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and others noted that. Even the guru of initiating guru, Bihari Goswami of Bhaktivinoda, noticed uh, the. Uh, the character of Bhakti Siddhanta Sosti Thakur. But um, um, it is said that there was one uh, uh, well-known Sahaja. Sahaja was a, a certain sect um, in this context of persons who identify with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Chaitanya the Charitamrita, the literature of the Goswamis, but they also interpret it very, very, very differently, and so they're very heterodox. But uh, Bhaktivinoda was discussing with one, and um, and, uh, and the boy came and saw them, and at a distance paid obeisances to to Bhaktivinoda. It's an anecdote. Oh, anyway, so. <laughs> Bhakti, uh, this big Sahajya uh, fellow said, said, oh, that boy has very good um, character. He sees you from a distance, his father, and he pays obeisance. Bhakti, Bhakti Vinod says, no, 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 he said, he's keeping a distance because 
Um, he doesn't want to even come in front of us a hajiya. <laughs> he doesn't want to be close to them. Something like that. Not that he didn't have that good character and so forth, but he had some very strong um, opinions also. That um, he imbibed, obviously, from Bhakti Pranod Thakur. Hmm. And so, there anyway, there's evidence of a, that he was a boy of very good character, but very stout morally and um, uh, strong aptitude uh, for scholarly uh, pursuits and so forth. And so he was a desirable commodity, as youth is in general, but youth well-behaved and, and self-controlled and philosophically inclined. Uh, that much uh, more charm hmm, than a little bit of Aishvarya hmm, with, the, with the youth, which is Madhurya, sweet and charming. Hmm. It's a peculiar combination hmm, that uh, ornaments the youthfulness, hmm? the sweetness. So he had this kind of uh, uh, characteristic, and he was a very desirable commodity. But um, he was uh, became very dedicated, of course, to Gaudiya Vaishnavism and follow the lead of uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, from whom he received Harinam and a Nisringa Mantra also. Hmm? And uh, the great Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, wanted him to take diksha from the Siddha Mahatma uh, Gaur Kishordas Babaji Maharaj, as he was known in, uh, in Navadweep. Mm. I must have been in his 20s at that time, late 20s perhaps. And um, it was with great endeavor that he was able to make that connection with uh, um, Gorkshardas Babaji Marsh, who was not inclined what to speak of having disciples who would naturally offer praise and so forth and service as is appropriate. He was not, uh, what to speak of not being inclined to having disciples who would do that. He was not inclined to be um, around uh, anyone who might offer some praise, and he wanted to keep away from such um, uh, no no kind of aptitude for pratishta. He did uh, extreme things to avoid the fame of, of a sadhu, which was warranted in his case, even dressing himself and conducting himself at times in ways that were uns- unsaintly. Hmm? Dressing sometimes as a uh, in different extremes, dressing himself as a as a f- kind of a fancy Dan or something like that, <laughs> a fop, uh, and uh, um, like a materialist, hoping to keep people away, and other times um, wearing the discarded cloth of those who had been cremated. Hmm found along the bank of the Ganges. <laughs> so, um, and he didn't want any following, is the point. And um, it was with great endeavor that Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsati Thakur made a, the uh, formal connection with him. I think he was refused um, a couple of times. 
the most notable occasion uh, reported by Bhagavan Sastri was when he told him that um, I will have to ask Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I'll get back to you hmm, about that. Hmm. So he didn't get back, and I guess he was asked again. He says, oh, I forgot to ask him. I have to ask him about that. Hmm. And uh, at some point in this back and forth, if you will, and Bhaktivinoda and Gorkashore, they were um, close. Uh, Gorkashore used to come and hear the Bhagavad discourses of Bhaktivinoda. He himself, Gorkashore Das Babaji Marsh, was not uh, much of a preacher. Hmm. I don't think he really held discourses and uh, such. Um, but um, he'd come to the sessions of Bhaktivinoda. And um, as they say, Bhaktivinoda Thakur had pointed him out as, as, as to his son. And um, so, at some point in this back and forth between Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, who was named by birth Bhimal Prashad, um, um, at some point he this birth is back and forth between himself and, and Gorgashore Das Babaji Maharaj and his persistence. He um, uh, made, uh, prepared himself to jump from the bridge crossing the Ganges and give up his life if he couldn't get initiated. And uh, the details, um, we don't know, but somehow the word was given to that uh, Babaji Maharaj, and he, he, I guess he asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at that point, and acquiesced, and uh, he accepted Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, telling him, you will realize your sarup in the, mant- in the syllables of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Hmm. And um, so he was accepted by um, Gorkishore Das Babaji Marsh, and um, at times there were reports from some of the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur who had opportunity to meet him. This is interesting in and of itself that once he was initiated and he was given the order of Bhakti Vino to begin a mission and so forth, um, although he did bhajan for quite some time unto himself, I think he took a vow to chant a, a billion names. I don't know, it took him a long time. Hmm. I don't know how long it was, but we, you, can, you could chant like 300,000 in a day, something like that. So 300,000 times 10 is what? 3 million. 3 million times, that's 9 million a month, right? 10 days, about 9 million a month. Um, So say 10 million a month would take what? To chant a billion. How many 10 millions make a billion? No. Thousand months. Hundred must be a hundred months. I think it was about ten years. Anyway, three years. Three years. Anyway, it's a long time. <laughs> a long time. Um, and he had actually been given conflicting um, instructions. 
Bhakti Vidna would want him to preach, and Bhakti and Gorkasharas Babaji told him, don't bother preaching, it's just so many people will come, it'll be a problem. Hmm? Just do the bhajan and so forth. So he was doing the bhajan, but um, he uh, was uh, pushed, so to speak, by by Bhakti Vinod and um, said that he uh, completed his vrat and some paper, a piece of, a page from Chaitanya Charitamrita blew in the wind and he found it there and it was the instructions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sanatana to establish the Vaishnav etiquette and the places of pilgrimage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, write the Bhakti Shastras and... um, and maybe it was established deity worship, something like that. And he had a darshan of the Panchatattva, and he got up and, and decided, well, I guess he's supposed to preach. Now, usually people will preach and then retire from that, and, and he did budget and then retired from that for <laughs> preaching. So it's a very extraordinary type of campaign, preaching Sankirtan, Vivala Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila, he shows the way after leaving the... Um, Navadweep to enter into Navadweep, and he sh- by by his example, and a good part of his example is his uh, Sankirtan, uh, which uh, begins with cleansing the heart and active kind of devotional life. A lot of preaching he did, and so forth. Um, and later, then he retired, and his Antilila and the privacy of his internal. Bhajan and so forth. So here we have the reverse out. Uh, n- normally the preaching is kind of a, of a means to an end, or being active in a mission as as uh, as we are. And um, a mission that was fashioned really by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the idea of it um, for purification. But again, we'll get to that. But his is a reverse out and. And so, out of deep absorption in um, Nam Bhajan, he got up to preach. So, there's a lot of power behind that. Pujapat Sridharmarsh wrote a beautiful, um, composed a beautiful uh, glorification of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur that's very famous. Prabhupada, what is it called? Padmastavaka. Um, and it's, um, it's sung in every. Um, uh, branch that branched off of the original Gaudiya Math formed by Bhakti Siddhanta after his departure. Several different um, um, institutions were formed, like Chaitanya Saraswati Math of Sridhar Maharaj and, and uh, Sri Chaitanya well, Gaudiya Vedanta Samiti of, of um, um, Bhakti Pragyan Keshava Maharaj and Iskon later, much later by, by Prabhupada. Um, uh, and uh, and so in all these different branches that this was sung every day. Hmm? Some of them it's engraved on the walls in marble, you know, as they do in India. And um, and um, and Prabhupada uh, asked that it be sung said that it should be sung every day in all of his temples. It's something that didn't happen. The fellow he told it to didn't carry, follow through. 
That was uh, Koyananda Maharaj is his name at the time. At least he relayed that story um, to me. That was when he was the president of the Krishna Balaram Temple in Vrindavan. Um, so it was very much appreciated by his godbrothers that Bhakti Siddhanta had been kind of encapsulated there, captured there in, in, in verse. Hmm. And um, as Bhakti Vinod had been captured in verse of the verse of Sridhar Marsh um, in the um, words of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Hmm. He wrote some verse about feeling separation from Bhakti Vinod. Of course, it was before his time, but his influence is um, is there and extraordinary. And, uh, and Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, upon hearing it, said that Sridhar Marsh is, is captured Bhakti Vinod there, hmm. essentially. So, he captured Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur in the minds of his godbrothers, <coughs> god sisters. So that says a lot. It's hard to sometimes uh, convince them of uh, of things. But uh, but uh, uh, there he says there's the, there's the line um, that um, what's that line Param Hungsaparam Paramartapatim Patido Darane Yati. Rajagatim, Yatim, 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 it means like a great swan. It means hamsa means a swan. Swan is said. I don't know if this is real science or folk science, but it's a nice idea to be able to extract. If you were to give, we should try it sometime. Some milk mixed with water to a swan. The swan is able to extract the water or the milk. I guess. And leave the other substance. That's a good trick. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it, it may be an extended poetic sensibility about swans and so forth. But that's okay. We we want to live in such a poetic world of possibilities where impossible doesn't exist. But the term is used, the supreme swan, to refer to really Saragrahi Vaishnavas who can extract the essence and um, and have, have attained uh, the the ideal. And so this, the verse says that he's he's a Paramahamsa, he attained the ideal, but he personally um, portrayed himself as a yati. Yati means a sannyasi, yati vesha. He accepted the dress of a yati. Um, the Paramahamsa is like Rup. Sanatan, Chijiba Goswami, they wore white um, loincloth and, and so forth. But he accepted the dress of Ayati, so the saffron dress. He invented, if you will, a, um, um, a monastic order hmm? and thought, Christians are coming here and canvassing, we'll go there. <laughs> And canvas, you know, they sent their missionaries here. We'll send missionaries there on behalf of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? 
So with this in mind, he formed a, a renounced order. Many, many young men and, uh, and uh, in the saffron dress, and he had a Vishnupriya ashram for renounced women also. Um, this is very extraordinary. So he, 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 he uh, we'll get into that more, but he, 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 he formally kind of positioned himself as a Paribrajaka, who Paramahamsa can just sit in one place and chant, which he did for so many years. But the Paribrajaka is one who travels. There's different stages in the sannyasa ashram. That's a, what is it? Um, Kutichak, Bahudak, Paribrajak, and Hunks. Hmm. So the, the the man is typically in the would be in the culture of times gone by. Um, it's applicable across the board, actually. But um, he would uh, he would um, stay in the same village, hmm, the Kutichak, and the family would bring him meals or something like that. And then the Bahudak is a little more developed. He, I forget the details. He would stay in the village, but somebody else would bring the meals or something. And then the Paribhajak, he was fixed up enough, firm enough, and he would be able to travel. Hmm. So he would travel everywhere, not staying in any one particular place for too long. And then the Paramahamsa, he would again sit and so forth. So the idea is he got up from the Paramahamsa and he conducted himself like a Paribhajak, which is more of a developmental, thought to be a developmental stage um, and um, and created this renounced order for preaching. He called his sannyasis he called the printing press the Brihat Murdanga, the big drum. Mahaprabhu's method was Sankirtan and uh, he said the kirtan of the drum can be heard a couple blocks but the printing press can be heard around the world so I call it the big drum. This is the big Murdanga. And to be involved in this is to be involved in Sankirtan, the propagation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, uh, dispensation. And um, and then his sannyasis, he called them Jivanta Murdanga, living drums. Hmm. And so he created this, this order and got up from his bhajan and followed ultimately the influence of Bhakti Vinod in this regard. His tendency was more towards what Gorgeshwar Das Babaji Marsh had advised. Hmm. And he was capable of doing extraordinary bhajan at a, at a young age. But he was pressed by Bhakti Vinod and, and uh, took up the mission again after his bhajan and getting the message and, uh, and the wind and, and so forth. And um, he just began speaking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and and uh, the yoga pit, the birth site of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that had been established by Bhakti Vinod. Bhakti Vinod, you know, he did some um, empirical research and then he did intuitive type of research and his intuitive side and his empirical evidence corresponded at some point with regard to his searching out the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he said, it is, it is here. And so in local people um, living there confirmed that it used to be called something Mayapur or something like that. And there was only Tulsi plants growing there everywhere. So he 
quickly established something small and put a pujari there. Hmm? A deity, it must have been a deity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, and began some worship. It's a way of, if you have the worshiping rights to the property, then you're like an owner of the property. It's kind of like a transcendental homesteading, something like that. So uh, he started worship there so no one could kick him out, something like that. He used to, uh, the Pujari was not of the best character, but it was what he could find at the time. So he was a smoker of ganja. So Bhakti even would bring him the ganja. He used to stay there, he smoke and, and do the puja like this. But he wanted, of course, it to be developed into a full center and so forth. And he himself is said to have gone to Calcutta and begged uh, amongst the pious Hindus for funding. And he turned over really the mission of that to Bhakti Sarasti Thakur. I don't know when it was actually the temple was but I think it was built under the under the um by the mission of must have been of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So he followed the order, the request of um, uh, Bhakti Vinod Thakur and in the presence of Gorkashor Das Babaji Maharaj, he was, and Bhakti Vinod, he was initiating disciples with their blessings. So that's unique. Um, and as I was saying, some of the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati therefore had occasion to meet him. Hmm? Um, generally, you'll be initiated by someone and their guru has already passed on and the etiquette is not to take disciples in the presence of one's own guru, but Bhakti Siddhanta wanted, Bhakti Vinod wanted this. And so, um, one occasion is related um, uh, um, about uh, in this connection of Gorkhshorda of uh, Keshav Maharaj, hmm, who uh, I guess this uh, Babaji Maharaj Gorkhshorda is holed up in some outhouse somewhere with the doors locked hmm, and chanting Hagoranga Hagoranga Hagoranga, and he wouldn't come out. They couldn't couldn't get him out. Hmm. People thought it was you know that was. He's got to get out of there. It's not good for him. And he keeps chanting. It's going to ruin his vocal cords and so forth. And um, I believe that this Keshav Maharaj was, uh, he was probably a brahmachari at the time. I don't remember all the details, but he went there and made some plea and then said who he was. And when he heard that he was the disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta, then he, said, then he opened the door and said, oh, one of you, you know, you like that, and so forth. So, um, um, so was, you can imagine these were extraordinary times um, for for Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is the kind of the the early genesis of the, the life that's been afforded us in the party bar in the family of Bhakti Vinod. This uh, very significant uh, outreach um, that's come. Uh, uh, to bless us in such a distant corner of the world from uh, Sri Mayapur and, and Navadweep. This is, uh, we're talking a little bit about the history of this, the beginning of this. Hmm. And um, eventually, Bhakti Siddhanta got some good help and, uh, and uh, went so far as to establish 64 m- monasteries 
in, in India. Um, I've only been to, to a few of them. It would be nice to just take a pilgrimage to all of them at some point. Hmm. Um, but that was a huge accomplishment. And the, the young people that were joining, and they were young people were joining, were many of them um, people of the world, if you will, which was uncharacteristic of uh, the following of Gaudiya Vaishnavism at the time. The following was people um, um, more, I, you know, there's always exceptions, but there was, uh, we get the sense from Bhakti Vinod's writings and that of Bhakti Siddhanta that, that, um, that they were less um, educated and um, uh, persons not always of the best character, even so far it would go that if someone's caste was in question or something like that because of not adhering to behavioral standards within the social order, um, and then they would call themselves Godias and say, well, because they didn't, because it was beyond casteism, Godia Vaishnavism. <laughs> but to get beyond that, is, if the religious life is what the casteism is about, to get beyond that requires more than just saying, I'm beyond it, <laughs> uh, and actually having faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and embracing the whole life of bhakti and so on and so forth. So, anyway, he, by contrast, um, was drawing people from the secular world who were plugged into it. Um, some examples are there. Prabhupada was plugged into it, going to college, um, educated by the British and so forth. Uh, Sridhar Marsh was also educated in college, and uh, they were both members of Gandhi's movement. So they were politically aware. You know, you're living in the Dom, you're a poor person, you don't even know what's going on politically on the scene and so forth. It's not like you had an Internet or something at the time. So they were, you know, involved in Gandhi's uh, movement, sympathetic, thinking about it. They captured their their attention and so forth. Kitchen Krishnadas Babaji was some type of like Olympic runner or something like that, some type of track star, another famous disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. So and a number of lettered men, you can see that they, they he had a, in, in height of his mission, he had um, this printing press, which must have been going all the time. They were printing the Harmonist, which would come out, was it, no, that was the Godia. The Godia was a, a daily, not, no, there was the Harmonist, there was the Godia, and there was the Nadia Prakash. Nadia Prakash was a daily magazine. Hmm? The Godia was coming out less frequently, um, and then the Harmonist, I think, was coming out every other, maybe every other month. So maybe six issues of the Harmonist a year, Godia once a week or once a month or something, like that. and, 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 and a, uh, a daily publication. The daily publication was once questioned by a worldly person. He said, how can you produce some, every day something about God? And Bhakti Siddhanta replied, we could produce every minute, but the problem is there's no audience. There's no customers. Hmm? There's plenty of information on that side, he said. You've got newspapers, two or one or two in every major city of the country telling news about this world. And this world is just a, a, a dark corner of, of the entirety of existence. It's dark here. That was a world of light. There's so much going on there, so much to be said, but no customers. 
So therefore, we're only doing one daily. Um, was his idea. So very ambitious um, campaign and, and much um, a good portion of the publication was in, was in English. The Harmonist was in English. Hmm? It was previously uh, a magazine that had been started by Bhakti Vinod uh, and named the Sajanatoshini. That means uh, for the pleasure of gentle people. Hmm? Of the gentle people. Um, but uh, Bhaktisthan Sarsitakur turned it into an English magazine and and um, and changed the name to The Harmonist. And his students would write for that and he would use often have them use their secular names if they were lettered men, if they had an MB or MA or whatever it is, a PhD or something like that. And so this was not the common fare, if you will, of... of representation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So that was very remarkable. Hmm? And began to bring some attention to Gaudiya Vaishnavism amongst pious um, and educated people. The, the big first move in that direction was Bhakti Vinod, who I sometimes refer to as the first Western convert, um, because he was Western educated and and so on, and he was um, um, flirting with different uh, uh, religious traditions of the time as to which one he would embrace, among them Christianity and and so forth. Um, but he came upon the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and then his prejudice against the Bhagavatam, which he had imbibed in his early years, because you could tell what the current... Uh, was um, was over overcome, hmm? and he saw the Bhagavad through the light of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and so he became a convert. That was a little bit earth shaking amongst the think tank of Calcutta hmm? in West Bengal of the time, which was the capital of the the, uh, the British, and where the Indian religious educated public was having to deal with. Western influence and ideas and um, sensibilities, their science and and so on and so forth. Hmm? Um, and um, so, following in that spirit, as Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, so he turned the Sajjanatoshini into the Harmonist. He would publish the, the lettered letters of their 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 names and so forth. And this was so. This was. Uh, um, uh, somewhat uh, uh, he was able to capture even the interest curiosity of the British hmm? and um, there's uh, there's a famous letter from some British lady who was captivated by his his uh, presentation and, and she wrote that and he even uses a Western toilet, so he, he did that to be, you know, on their terms and find ways in which he could <laughs> connect with them. I mean, he rode in a car. Hmm. Sadhus never rode in a car, and one only walked barefoot, and that was the formal, you know, if you're 
or enunciate and no, you accept no conveyance, walk barefoot and so forth. He put on patent leather shoes, which was, I guess, you know, the thing to do in those days if you were, if you were um, plugged into the world and so forth. And he rode in a motor car. Hmm. Um, and his idea was that we will use everything in Krishna's service. We'll not reject a thing. This is a principle of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Yukta Bhairagya means kind of some type of a we'll, as I often say, we'll do renunciation on the basis of our love for Krishna. If we love Krishna, then something is not favorable to loving Krishna, then we'll renounce it. Hmm? Um, and we won't renounce things that are favorable to Krishna. If someone offers us Krishna prasad, we won't say, no, no, I'm fasting. We take prasad. That's not eating. Hmm? Something like that. <laughs> Or if it's a day that, if from a Vaishnava perspective, we're fasting, then we'll honor it, pay obeisances, save it for the morning, or something like that. Um, but uh, as Mahaprabhu taught his disciples in Jagannath Puri with regard to Ekadasi, um, but he kind of took this idea and extended it, as you can see. Hmm? And um, he said, we'll take things in the modern world that are being used in one way, and we'll use them favorably for Krishna's service. So the printing press, I mean, this is extraordinary. Hmm? We don't think of it like that, I mean, because you can, you know, publish yourself on your computer and whatnot. And, but this was like a long time ago, 19, maybe around 1910 or 12, he began initiating and with his mission and so forth. And so taking the Vaishnava texts and putting them in print and circulating them widely and being involved with these worldly things was un, something was uncharacteristic of Vaishnava sadhus who would stay in the Dham. He established a temple in Calcutta, the marble temple, Bhagavazar in Calcutta. Hmm. And uh, that was the land of Maya, you know, Calcutta. But he went there. Hmm this uh, campaign wherever there's Maya then we will we will go there this is his idea the ordinary idea was we'll get away from Maya we'll go to the Dom he said we, we'll go wherever there's Maya we'll go and push her influence back something like that so it was very powerful hmm? um, and uh, and the campaign he uh, he also collected uh, at least one if not more Disciples from Europe. There was the famous um, Sadananda, hmm? German disciple of uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who had a disciple, kind of. He was a Siksha guru for Vaman, Vaman, Walter Eidlitz, Vaman Das, uh, who took formal initiation from Bon Maharaj, a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta. They had met. Uh, Walter Eidlitz and Sadananda in a concentration camp in India huh, for Germans. Hmm? So, just like in America, they rounded up the Japanese people and put them in a camp here during World War II. So in India, I guess, um, I don't know if it was just Germans or whatnot, but anyway, they, they met in a camp like that and this Sadananda preached to Walter Eidlitz and well, he was not qualified to give initiation. He sent him to Bon Maharaj, and 
and he became Brahman. But his real, his most meaningful and powerful connection which was Sadhananda, disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakura. So he, this is beginning this kind of influence in the Western world. Uh, he met with very dignified people. There are some photos of that. Lord Jetland, he was some kind of a, I don't know what, in British government in Calcutta, big, big guy. Um, and uh, at one point he said his, his our outreach was so dynamic in its scope that he said, we will uh, invite the Western-educated people to come and we'll have a seminar about what is Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and if required, we will serve them meat. Hmm. Um, you know how it is. In, as I've said before, in South India, there's no chapatis. There is now, probably, but you know, it doesn't. They don't. Wheat doesn't grow there, hmm. but rice grows there. So every so meal means rice. Hmm. Come to the restaurant, rice, please. And then you get rice, and you get some. Uh, rasam, kind of like dal, and little sabji, and South Indian has its own 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 diet. If you go to the north, it's you know it's a tali, it means chapatis. So they grow wheat there. Hmm. So if you're from the south and you don't get rice, you didn't eat. If you go from the north, you didn't get chapati, you didn't really have a full meal. Hmm. So he's thinking if they don't get meat, they feel they wouldn't have a meal, which is probably true. Krishna, that's one of my disciples, told me he went home once and stayed with his father. His father said, what, you know, there's food in the fridge, take whatever you want, so forth. I told the story before. So he was making a sandwich with lettuce and cheese and an avocado. And the father came and said, aren't you going to put anything on it? Because he didn't have any meat on it. He couldn't, like, what? So... Uh, Bhakti said, I thought, well, they're going to have to eat, and then this is, if this is a requirement, we'll serve meat. Sridhar Marsh and, and Prabhupada both said they heard that, and they were like shocked. Hmm. They were like just about passed out when they heard that. But And he noted and said the, re, the kind of reaction in some of his disciples, and he, and he, and he, said, he said, I have thought this out a long time ago. Hmm. Decided many lifetimes. Many lifetimes ago. Hmm. We will do. Uh, you have to have Bhakuntha Vritti. Vritti means, you know, like you want to get rid of the Vrittis in the mind, material Vrittis, like waves in the mind, disturb it. We want the Bhakti Vritti. So you have to have the Bhakuntha Vritti. Bhakuntha, everything can be harmonized. Something like that. You ever seen the pictures of the cowherd boys fishing? They have pictures like that. <laughs> so everything can be harmonized. It's, it's, it's a. Uh, um, it never came to that. I don't think that they, they didn't have such a gathering. But uh, he was a powerful person that he could, um, and his commitment to disseminating Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching and accurately was 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 very strong. I mean, he was very much um, a critic of his own tradition. Um, and um, wasn't shy in that in regard. And he would critique other religious ideas by way of comparison to what the dispensation of Mahaprabhu was. 
And he felt he couldn't tolerate that the jiva would get something less than what Mahaprabhu came to give, something like that. But at the same time, as I say, he would critique his own tradition as well, which which made him unpopular in um, in some circles. But um, but his campaign was far and was wide and extraordinary, as I say, and as a very touching. Um, scene in a movie about him was put together by my godbrother Bhakti Gaurabhanada Shingamarsh or maybe we should watch it tonight put it on for the devotees tonight have any of you seen it? Hmm? it's a story about the life of Bhakti Siddhanta and in the end it was the most touching part for me um, when he had passed away must have passed away in, in Puri and it was taken by train to Mayapur to be placed in Samadhi in Mayapur. And the train carrying him, his divine form, you know, as it goes, it would stop at every station on the way. And the word was out, you know, throughout the village, from village to village, the great Bhakti Siddhanta this has caused so much. Um, uh, brought so many educated people to go to Vaishnavism, was criticized by his own tradition, and, uh, and uh, made a lot of waves. This person made a lot of waves hmm? that he had passed away, and 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 they they depict that on the, uh, in, with the with the train going through and stopping and crowds and, and so forth. And Sridhar Marsh's um, uh, commentary on that is um, part of that section. I think someone's reading it or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the train stopped and thousands of people came and they, 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 you know, whether they, you know, were for him or against him or neutral. Mm -hmm. At this point, they knew, you know, he was a person of character. He believed in what he believed in and he was, um, stood up for that and so forth and they all came out. Mm -hmm. Whether they liked him, whether they didn't like him, whether they were neutral, they came at each stop and honored as the train went on to to Mayapur. It must have been just incredible. He's a very well-known person and and a powerful preacher, and it was very touching. And then Jitter Marsh talks about putting him in samadhi and so forth. It's just a very touching section. So this is the Tirubhav, so we can view that um, whole movie. And you'll be, I'm sure you'll be moved by that section as well. When his preaching came, campaign came to rest, Puri Goswami Maharaj uh, relates that. I had the good fortune of, of course, being an initiated disciple three times from my Guru Maharaj, Om Vishnu Padesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and we got some picture from him of what Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur must have been like. Um, but it was a bit of a distant picture. He didn't talk about him very much. Neither he lived with him uh, intimately, but he was a householder living outside the mission. He said maybe a total of two weeks, if you strung it out over a number of years, would be the amount of time that he spent personally with him. That time spent very much um, 
was taken advantage of by Prabhupada, the few things that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said to him uh, became life-guiding instructions for him. And um, so we got that kind of a picture that our Prabhupada had a Prabhupada, and he was very powerful and, and, um, uh, and so forth, this powerful image. When I met uh, and had the good fortune to come under the guidance of Pujapad, um, Vishnupad, Bhaktivedak Dev Goswami Maharaj, the door to whose association was opened by, by, uh, by Prabhupada, um, my Prabhupada, once one of my godbrothers, uh, told me the story that Prabhupada had arrived, I think it was in Buffalo, New York, and he was unpa- this devotee was unpacking his, his things for him, and he pulled out of the, pack, the suitcase a little picture of Bhakti Siddhanta, and he was looking at it for a moment, and then Prabhupada looked over him and said, he said, "Oh, put Prabhupada over there." Hmm. And he kind of, you know, because we were used to call him Prabhupada, Prabhupada, and Prabhupada chuckled and said, "Yes, I have my Prabhupada also." <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, from Sridhar Maharaj, <clears throat> then we got another picture uh, of Bhakti Siddhanta. And I would say that the picture was more about how his mission worked, more details about how Godiamath worked, the policies of Bhakti Siddhanta, um, and, uh, and some histories in that, in that regard. That was very insightful. And uh, another glimpse into the life of the person of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. But later, um, and I met him at Sridhar Maharaj's moth, Puri Goswami Maharaj, Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, would come there annually on the Vyasa Puja day, uh, commemorating the appearance of Sridhar Maharaj in the world, and he would come and honor him and say something. And he was, he was very much, um, had a very affectionate but reverential attitude towards his godbrother, Sridhar Maharaj, whom he accepted as his Siksha Guru. Um, and from him, um, and after the passing of Sridhar Maharaj, I had the fortune to be, have some more of his association and be helpful in some ways in, in what became an extension of his, his mission such that it touched on the western shores. And the book we read from this morning was, is from his words in Bengali, translated into English, um, words that we read this morning about Pakistan Thakur. From him, I have to say, I've got the most charming kind of sense uh, of Bhakti Siddhanta, uh, the most, more personal, intimate. Uh, he, he, he has written some things in which he uh, shares his affection and he explains the nature of the affection of Bhakti Siddhanta for his disciples. It's very moving. We heard a little bit this morning. It's, it's very touching. It's, it's, uh, it's a side that, as I say, I only, I only got that from him. And uh, it's, it's very, uh, extremely endearing. His personal love for Bhakti Siddhanta, Sarsi Thakur, he was just, he would, he would kind of effusive with that, how he would speak about that. Prabhupada was rather tight-lipped, and Sridharmash was more talking about the mission and how it worked, and the ideology of Bhakti Siddhanta, the, the concepts he had, the, 
the, the and the way he looked at at things and so which was interesting. But the person and his is Pramod Purimar is like a son of Bhakti Sanadu. Yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, and he was in the mission. I think he maybe even joined the mission before Sridhar Maharaj and before. Prabhupada sleeping next to Bhakti Siddhanta and and this this kind of thing and and uh, and in the end in Puri he was there and, and Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur was ill as it would appear and preparing to leave the world and he asked that the song of Narutam Thakur that um, speaks about the position of Rupa Goswami in in Braj, Rupa Manjari, Sri Rupa Manjari Pada, the feet of Rupa Manjari, Sri Rupa Manjari Pada, Se Mora Sampada, it's a famous song. He wanted to hear that. This was his, the ideal of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, so he asked for it to be sung. Puri Goswami Maharaj was famous for Kirtan and for Archan also. He was he was the pujari with assisted bhakti in installation of all the deities in all the moths. Hmm. He would perform the ritual, and uh, so he began to sing. He had a very sweet voice, but he but Prabhupada Bhakti Thakur stopped him and said, "No, I don't want to hear the sweet voice. I want to hear something with more realization." And Sridhar Marsh was then pushed forward to chant. Who has a from our point of view, a sweet voice too, but not, I mean, it's not heartfelt, I guess. Um, but, uh, and so that was a big thing. Hmm. Uh, and Puri Marsh was, that before he submitted himself to Sridhar Marsh the whole rest of his life, hmm. he didn't take any, you know, <laughs> offense or whatever, or get, hey, you know, what, you know, Guru Marsh said, that was that, you know, so some, so he showed his own exalted Mahabhagavata status, Puri Goswami Maharaj, um, just by that, the way he accepted that statement and followed through on that. In the end, he said, he, he more or less thought, Prabhupada is showing that Sridhar Maharaj has attained something, and so I'll follow him. That was his thinking. Hmm. Just a short story before we close on this: uh, that after the passing of Sridhar Marsh, there were some some devotees of disciples of his who wanted to affiliate themselves with Puri Marsh rather than with Govinda Marsh, who was the official successor of Sridhar Marsh. They wanted to take some yas from Puri Marsh, and so there was some rift between disciples of Puri Marsh and Sridhar Mar- and again Govinda Marsh and that kind of thing where. Even emerge one, the group, their group wanted to keep them in the fold, and it's anyway, some, something like this. And so there was some arguing amongst the disciples, and some of the disciples of Sridhar Maharaj said uh, that, uh, that 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 our Guru Maharaj has said that Puri Maharaj is only a Kanishtadikari, because one time he was describing that that the the work of the, the service of Puri Maharaj exemplifies the Kanishtadikari, because he was involved with all the archan. Hmm. Arjuna is very prominent for the beginners. Hmm. The work of Madhav Maharaj was Parivrajak, kind of Madhya Madhikari. He opened many temples in India. And the work of 
Prabhupada Bhaktivedanta, that is the Uttam. They're all Uttams, but he's saying this particular way in which the Akit exemplifies this and this and so forth. Um, and so they've abused this, some of the disciples of Sridhar Maharaj or Govinda Maharaj said, Sridhar Maharaj said he's only a Kanishtadikari. So then the Puri Maharaj disciples came and said, they're saying that Sridhar Maharaj has called you only a Kanishtadikari. And then Puri Maharaj said, Sridhar Maharaj said, has given me some Adikari? Adikar, some Adikar? So, oh, I'm very blessed to think that he's accepted. Uh, and he wasn't calculated like this. He was very old. And he actually spontaneously responded like that. So very extraordinary person. And through him, I feel so fortunate to have that, just a little glimpse into the affectionate nature of the relationship between Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasuthakura and his disciples. It's very, very uh, touching. Those things are very much worth reading. I, it's just moved me more than than the conceptual ideas of Bhakti Siddhanta and, and what I got from Prabhupada, uh, uh, from Srinivasa, and what I got from Prabhupada, the, the, the window. I mean, they all had affection and everything, but it is Puri Marsh just shared that just kind of naturally, kind of innocently, and uh, very charming. So, um, he passed in Puri, and um, and uh, with this kind of idea in mind, Shri Rupa Manjari Pada, Se Mor Sampada, Se Mor Bhajana Pujan. And as we heard this morning, asked his disciples to carry on the current, to keep the current of Bhakti Vinotakur alive in the world, and be prepared to spill all of your gallons of blood to help one one soul hmm? uh, understand what is the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, here we are, all because of this. This is the beginning of what we find ourselves in the midst of now. It's good to know a little bit of our history. Hmm? We're fortunate to gather on the day of his disappearance. And with that, we offer initiation to one of our students on the auspicious occasion. So, um, please come forward. And I'll give you the kantimala, the neck beads of Tulsi. It's the, the jewelry of the, the Godi of the people. There's iron, there's there's copper, there's silver, there's gold, and there's Tulsi. Hmm. And uh, so we also give the tea lock. Guess we do like this. Now you've been listening to my lectures for some time, right? Yeah. A few years. A few years. A few tapes a day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still ahead, though, huh? Yeah, still. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. Boom. Keshavaya Namaha. Yeah. So, yeah, further ornamentation. And then we, the tapa, we brand you with Krishna's name by writing it in tea lock.
on your head. Krishna, well, belong to Krishna. Me too. <laughs> and then, then we give a name and mantra and japa beads. So now you're living with me, and you've been married before, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you don't want to marry? Oh, no. no, no. Okay. Good. So, so you should chant sixteen rounds every day. Unless the service and the location that you are, as ordained by me or whomever I put in charge, mandates on exception that you have to take some practical service over chanting in order to um, do the needful. It's not like Guru Maharaj is calling, come, come. It's a, I'm chanting Guru Maharaj. Hmm. No. So that's the principle, but then it's not to be abused. So the administration should see the devotees have time for chanting, always checking up on that. This is very important. And so before I give you the beads, I'll give you the bead bag, the counting beads, so forth. And am I missing anything? I'm going to give him the name and the mantra. And afterwards, to come out, I'll also give you the Diksha mantras, so. Your name is Mulidhar. Mulidhar Das. Mulidhar is the carrier of the flute. Krishna bears the flute. He has the Murali, it's called, but pronounced without the A. Murli, Murli Dar, bear carrier of the flute, Murli Dar. Uh, Prabhupada has said some nice things about that. It's very interesting. Um, a very unique picture. I've never seen it anywhere. He describes the flutes of Krishna as the, the Venu, the Vamsi, the, the, the Murali, and the. Uh, what did he say? Bamsuki. Hmm. Bamsuki, I think. Bamsuli. Bamsuli. Different kinds of flutes <laughs> with different numbers of holes and different sizes. The, the vein is very small. Hmm. The morale is larger, about 18 inches with four holes, one on the end, hole on the end. And then the, um, there's a larger one. A, I guess it's the Vamsi. It's smaller. It's 15 inches. But then there are larger versions of it as well. In the largest version, he said, it's called the Vamsuli. And he says, the coward boys like that one very much. <laughs> you wrote this in his Nectar of Devotion. It's not anywhere in Bhakti's <laughs> Rasamrita Sindhu. <laughs> so it's a unique... <laughs> Unique contribution there. Sorry. So anyway, you're named after the flute carrier, Krishna, and then it's his weapon, hmm. yeah. by which he attracts yeah, all the devotees and makes the water turn like, like stone, stone act like water, cows give milk, hearing it, and so forth. Murli Dhar Das, 
Jai. So all the Vaishnavas, you bless them, Vaishnavis, please give your blessing. And we'll stop there. Any questions for the discussion? What's the time? We're late. No. We have to begin the cooking, right? So we'll begin the cooking, we'll have a feast, and tonight we'll watch the movie. Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur Ki Jai Tirupav Mahamotsapu Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Jai